Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor, and today we're going to visit with our friends from Northern Pines Mental Health. And our guests today include Laura Vaughn. She is the executive director. Laura, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you so much for having us. Also with us, Desiree Montani. She is the substance use disorders director. And Desiree, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah. Laura, let's start with you. And uh, we've been talking about it this month uh, with various activities, but uh, it is Suicide Awareness Month. Yes, indeed it is. And I'm here to talk about 988, which is the new National Suicide Crisis Hotline. Um, It is uh, a really important development for mental health and for crisis awareness. The 988 number uh, is a statewide answered phone call. And then through that telephone call, it is actually directed right into our... um, To your company, to your services. Yes, that's right. And that works. So around the state, they kind of know geographically where this call is coming from. And so they find that local provider. Is that basically how it works? That is. There are some um, glitches to be working out for that. Uh, They currently access that by uh, area code. And so with our cell phone diversity and our mobility, um, we are working out some kinks of that, but they are asking that question, where are you locally? And they have all of the crisis um, departments without, throughout the state. Yeah. And I'll ask right away, is Northern Pines one of the few in north-central Minnesota, or are there a few places that are helping with this? Actually, Northern Pines has the professionals and the practitioners who respond for the six-county area, Aiken, Cass, Crow Wing, Todd, Morrison, and Wadena counties. And so um, we cover the six-county area. We are 24-7, 365 service. Wow. And who is it that does staff these, the, the phone number? Yeah, so we have a crisis triage. Uh, we have folks who will um, either meet someone in their home so that you do not have to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. They will uh, meet you at a coffee shop if you're in crisis. Um, we have had very dramatic results and really a great transition to 988 for Northern Pines and have helped some really wonderful success stories. Good. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the reasons that people contemplate, contemplate suicide, boy. If we had the answer to that, yeah, there Mm -hmm. are so many, isn't there? Well, we know our lives are complicated, and the pandemic has really, not to keep bringing that up, but we know that life has changed, and we're still in recovery from that time. The good news about that is mental health is being talked about more widely than it ever has before, Mm -hmm. and uh, recovery is possible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that is the good news, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we're still dealing, though, with an opioid crisis. There's a meth crisis. Uh, people are turning to their own forms of medication, aren't they? They truly are. And I'd love to turn this over now to Desiree. <laughs> she is our Northern Pines expert in the substance use department, and we are thrilled to have her here today. Thank you. Yeah. Um, 
You know, I guess I'm going to back up a little bit because I always think with community awareness, there needs to be education. And I think it is a human tendency, all of us, to say for global issues and national issues, oh, that's terrible. That's really sad. But it doesn't happen here. Uh And it doesn't happen in my house or my school or my community. And part of my role is to educate and that it does and it is happening and what can we do to help people. And part of that is educating about addiction and mental health. Um, Looking at all of us in the room and not giving any of our ages away, (laughs) in the not so distant past, addicts and alcoholics were sent to state mental institutions. They were diagnosed as mentally ill. And so when the addiction field was able to grab that and say, no, it is a separate issue, it is a disease, and this is what causes it, they became very protective and didn't want to let mental health in. And I've seen that in my career, Hmm. even from the early 90s to now. Um, Changes have been made. We're coming back together because we see how the two go together. But there is even resistance among the clients that we work with saying, well, I may be an addict, but I'm not crazy. So I'm not getting help for that. So that is another barrier that I think deserves education. That Mm -hmm. is not a bad thing. You're not broken. You're not crazy. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Correct. We have stuff. We all have stuff. How many of us have lost someone and gone through situational depression because Mm -hmm. of that grief? It's normal. Well, if I don't have healthy coping skills, I might pick up a bottle or take a few pills to go to sleep because I don't Mm want to feel that. And that's really what it's about is not feeling or feeling too much. Yeah. You know, so it's very important. And as that ties into the opioid crisis, um, we've some of us have read the reports, the statistics, the studies, Uh, many people that doesn't fall into their daily purview. So they don't. They maybe hear the news stories. Uh, If you talk to clients, people who are struggling with opioid addiction, they will tell you, first and foremost, I can't find heroin here. I can't find heroin here in Little Falls. I can't find heroin in Brainerd, Wadena, Aiken. All I find is straight fentanyl. Mm. So that should be a That's huge so red flag scary. to everyone mm-hmm. because we've heard that, right? It's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's deadly. Yeah, deadly. Deadly. And many of our clients who are addicted have been diagnosed with that report. Overdosing and having to use Narcan, which is the drug that reverses that, multiple times. I worked with a young person, I won't identify them recently, who said he had to drive from his small little town to the cities regularly to buy What he wanted was heroin, but he could only get fentanyl and overdosed over 10 times. And so I asked him, I said, the research is suggesting that maybe people are that have that overdose and die were suicides. What do you think about that? And he said, she said, they said, I can tell you that it wasn't my intention each time that I overdosed to die. But I can tell you that I probably didn't want to wake up. Because the withdrawal and the process of having to get the substance over and over and over again is so tiring, it just Mm -hmm. becomes overwhelming. And so that's a whole different perspective, too, on looking at addiction, that it's not like I'm depressed, I'm hopeless, helpless, and traditional things we think of when we think of addiction. It's just that I'm so tired of the addiction getting it, getting high, getting sick, getting high, finding it again and again and again. The routine is exhausting. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And this individual... Is sort of the poster child if I picked a random person in the 25 to 35 age group out of any one of our communities. So mm-hmm. it's not disenfranchised communities. It's not urban communities. It's people that we've seen in church, at the oh, shopping yeah. mall, at the gas station, in our families. And mm-hmm. so that's really the message I want to get out there. 
you know, it's not someone else's problem. No, and it doesn't discriminate. When it comes to addiction of any kind, it does not discriminate. Like you said, it could be the person sitting next to you in your cubicle, in the church pew, walking down the street. You just never know. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's a misnomer, too, Mm because so many people think, well, those, you know, it's... uh, uh, not the uh, elite that have these issues, but they do, <laughs> well, they don't do. they? Yep, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that becomes a barrier, too, because <clears throat> some of that socioeconomic group will say, well, I'm not like that person. I was using pain pills, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get enough pain because the pain wouldn't go away, and so then I had to buy heroin. But, you know, addiction is addiction. Mm-hmm. It does not discriminate based on how much you have in your bank account or what your degree is on the wall. Or the family that you came from. Or if you're yeah. living in a mansion on Gull versus in your van Correct. by the river, you know? Yep. Yeah. It does yeah. not discriminate. Uh, and alcohol still remains a huge problem, doesn't it? Absolutely. I Absolutely. mean, so many people talk about illegal drugs. Oh, I would never do that, but they're drinking too much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's still, that's been there um, forever. <laughs> I think from yeah. the first clients I worked with, I remember one gentleman had a Rolex on his wrist and he was married to a judge in another state and I'm not sharing a room with that person because they use heroin and I just drink martinis all day. And so that's been going on forever. But yes, it's still there. We um, we see that on a regular. Um, and that one is the, even though it's legal, it is the one drug when someone comes in and says we're using this much this often. As an addiction counselor, the first thing we say is, you are going to die you're from withdrawal. Die. It can kill you. Yep. If you stop using, you're going to die, and we need to get medical services in place. Wow. Because the withdrawal from alcohol will kill you. It can. Yeah, yeah. it absolutely can. Yeah. If you are using a certain amount certain amount of time, um, once you stop, it's very, very dangerous. So, But there is help for that, too, and they can help you with medications, and they can wean you off of it, and there is definitely light on the other side. It, it might... I'll just say it, it might suck to get there, but once you do, it's it's a relief. Absolutely. It really is. Yep. Isn't that true of all addictions? Mm. There is help. There's help. There's Absolutely. help, and you can get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If we didn't believe in that, we all wouldn't be here. Right. 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 And it's a rough road. And mm-hmm. if you look at the statistics, it's not a. this is more for families and loved ones. It's not a one-stop shop. <laughs> and I don't mean to be the, dar- the burden of bad news here, but, you know, the statistics, depending on what you look, li- look at, um, it's either 3% or 5% of individuals who go to treatment stay clean when That's they complete it. It's not a huge number. It's not huge, but oh. I've seen it done, and I've seen great mm-hmm. success stories. So if you are a family or a loved one of someone who is struggling, please don't you know, get yeah. down on this. It might take many times, mm-hmm. and that's okay. That's yeah. what we're here for. Right. We're not yeah. going to judge you. We don't because we expect this, and we're here to help you. Yep, absolutely. If people understood that, it would be. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't make it easier, but it does explain a few things. You know. Yeah, that's for sure. And I like how you say you worked hand in hand with the mental health aspect of it because uh, so often that is really the root cause, or has become a main issue. And the addiction, like you said, because of the uh, ongoing repetitive strife they have to go to to feed that addiction. Mm -hmm. So it works both. But you also used a word earlier that I'm going to say so many people, uh, they're afraid to think I'm crazy. Yeah. 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 How do you work them through that? Well, first. Because 
uh, we don't even like to use that word anymore, no, no, but no. people still think that. Absolutely, mm-hmm. they do. Yep. Um, and as professionals, yeah, we don't like to use that word, but yeah. that is the word of the people that we work with sometimes. Right. They say that and yeah. many other things that are perpetuating stereotypes about addicts, alcoholics. It's, some people don't even like those words, but an addict will say, I'm an addict sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's um, a very great, a good question um, and not an easy one. No. So... What we do in the addiction perspective is to, first of all, make them feel not judged. We're not judging you. I don't care if this is your second time through treatment yeah. or if it's your 22nd time through treatment. We're not judging you. Uh, first and foremost, we, mean, we need to get this, the chemicals out of your system so you're thinking clearly, right, and we'll support you in that process. As they go through that treatment and recovery process, we try to have the one-to-ones besides the groups, that interaction that helps, hey, you trust me, you've identified some of these other issues that are going on, let's explore that. And if they're ready to explore that, you know, then we'll collaborate more with those mental health people and get that door opened, sort of. Mm -hmm. But we also have to be very careful because some people have so much trauma Mm. by saying, hey, you need to start dealing with this can also trigger them back into using again. So it's not a one-stop or a cookie cutter for everyone. Mm -hmm. But I think the more resources they know that they have and they feel non-judged and safe coming back, you know, you might go through our program and say, no, I'm not ready for the mental health stuff. I'm just going to stay sober for now. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. And that's where Minnesota has taken a very person-centered approach. It's wherever that person is ready to be is where we need to leave them. And so that person might go out and try it for six, eight months, maybe slip or relapse a little bit, come back to us, maybe a few times. And then one time they're like, you know what, I think I'm ready to talk about it. Mm. Okay, we're here for you. Let me, make, let me get this person in for you. Mm-hmm. So each one is different. I wish I could say it's all the same and we could just send them through a conveyor belt, but it does not work that way, If only, right? Yeah. yeah. My goodness. Yeah. And we've been saying this pretty much all month with other interviews we've been doing, but uh, the Brainerd Lakes area is extremely blessed with resources and the recovery community and the resources to help people who are going through whatever addiction or whatever mental health uh, issues that they're facing. And they, you just you can't be afraid to go get help. I mean, we've said it before. If you broke your leg, you'd go to the doctor and get help. This is just something you can't see. It's it's not as blatant as that, but it can be worked on. It can be fixed, and, and there's definitely hope on the other side. So, I mean, reach out. This community is amazing when it comes to, to recovery and, and offering help and services all across the town. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Northern Pines actually has four addiction programs. Um, and Desiree, I'll let you highlight where those are. Uh, currently, we have one in Aiken, uh, Brainerd, Little Falls, and Wadena. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. And we provide outpatient, uh, individual, as well as assessments, which were formerly known as Rule 25, and that just measures your level of care that you might need if you've gotten a DUI or if you feel like you're struggling with something. And we can do those for adolescents and adults. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And taking that first step still is very hard for many addicts, but once they make it, it's, it usually changes them, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It does. In terms yep. of... Yeah, for the better. Now, Absolutely. <laughs> now they know. Yeah. You're getting tools, too. Once you admit it and people are there to help you and you realize it, you get the tools that can help you move forward for just a better, more calm life. That's yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And again, mm-hmm. for the families that are supporting people, the one thing that resonates with me from people in long-term recovery is getting clean was the easy part. 
living sober is the hard part. Yeah. And some days, they said, Desiree, some days it's hour by hour and minute by, by minute. minute. Yeah. So I always keep that in the back of my mind uh, when I'm trying to support people because it's not easy. And I don't know what that's like because I am not in recovery. But I respect the heck out of anybody who's gone through that because it is more than I could ever imagine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if there's a takeaway today, we continue to say, uh, look for help. It's there. It is there. It's, and there's there's hope on the other side. Yeah. I can tell you, personal experience, <laughs> it's there. All right. Hey, we want to say thank you, ladies, for being here today to talk about this important subject. And we hope to have you back soon. Wonderful. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, ladies. All right. Uh, our guests today, Laura Vaughn is the Executive Director of Northern Pines Mental Health Center. Desiree Montani is the Substance Use Disorders Director there. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found online. Go to our website at 1067wjjy.com. And you can always listen through our free downloadable app as well, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.